Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. Gotta take your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Way in Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, joined with co-host Trey Patterson tonight. And before we bring Trey in, just say welcome again, everyone. Wednesday night, the, the Wednesday after the 4th, which is always usually one of our biggest shows. It starts, this is when radio goes from being slow to actually heating up. So hopefully we can build a lot of momentum from July the football season. We're going to start previewing teams every show, every Sunday, every Wednesday until we we kick off, and then we're going to start talking college football uh, 24 hours a day. Trey, I'd like to have a 24-hour show. I know it's not possible, but let me go ahead tonight, give the call-in number for everybody, and I'll give it out several times during the show, 646-716-5564. 646-716-5564. I'm excited tonight. Tonight's agenda we have, we're going to preview the Ohio State Buckeyes out of the Big Ten. Urban Meyer coming back to, I think this is his third year at Ohio State, to see if he can get the monkey off his back. Last year he choked, lost his last two. A lot of experts believe that Ohio State will be in that playoff. But we're going to see what our experts say, what Trey Patterson thinks, what I think. I'm interested to see everyone's thought, hear everyone's thoughts on this, and also the Oregon Ducks out of the Pac-12. Um, people think Oregon's a shoe in, but will our co-host Trey Patterson think so? And I know Jason Humphrey will be on tonight at some time to discuss his Oregon Ducks. And just out of you know being a good sport, I'm wearing an Oregon Ducks shirt tonight. So before we get started, I'm going to bring on Trey Patterson. I'm trying to find his intro tonight. I think I could. I could get him fired up tonight if if I can get the right song. So let me think of what song I want to play. Okay, Trey Patterson, the co-host. We're going to give him a little intro. Welcome to the show, Trey. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? That's a, that's some great music right there. That's some that's some great music. You, you know, I have to love you to play that song after <laughs> after what happened in January, right? Hey, man, it's all good. It's all good, and then maybe you're you're ready for college football. I know a lot of people wait till after the fourth for the football talk to really heat up. Trade next week, SEC media days, four days out of the week coming up so are you ready yet Trey what are you waiting on yeah I tell you what um I'm ready man I I was actually uh on the weekend uh this past weekend you know uh in between watching the you know kids Disney shows I was watching the Florida State Clemson game on my DVR just just watching the sort of breakout moment for Florida State last year you know wondering what the season will bring for the football um, you know, for football, not only at Florida State, but the rest of them. Just, so I'm, I'm getting ready, man. I definitely am. Well, you're right. The Clemson game was the, the statement game for Florida State. That's when, do you agree, everyone in the country realized, hey, Florida State's for real. This was a Saturday night game in Clemson, Trey. It's hard to win there, especially at night. And to win by about 50 points, that's even harder. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's, I mean, it really sort of keyed us off that something might be going on at Florida State. I mean, we still needed to sort of see more work from them because they had blown some, some pretty, um, you know, been lackadaisical with, you know, lesser opponents before. But it was the first time in a really big stage we were like, wow, okay, this might be something. Well, like I said, we're going to preview. We're going to talk college football, of course. We're going to preview Ohio State and Oregon, two teams. And usually we don't start out with two high-profile teams like this, but tonight I thought I would whet the appetite of some people and talk. We only have a few weeks left until football, Trey, and only a few shows, so we have to kind of cram in the most important teams. And, and you know, one thing, it's college football time, but this LeBron James story has, has really got my attention. I'm excited about – I'm excited to see where LeBron goes, Trey. And I've been saying for months, I think he goes back to Cleveland. It just it just seems the right fit. And tell me about LeBron James. I know Parsons – you mentioned you sent me a message, Parsons going to Dallas. Why do you think this deal to Dallas actually affects LeBron James? How does it affect LeBron? Well, I mean, and here's and I guess something that, that you know most people might not know about this whole situation is so Chandler Parsons, and if you if you don't follow basketball, I mean he's actually a really good player out of Florida, uh, really is blossoming uh, this past year, uh, both points, rebounds, assists. I mean, really coming to his own. Well, he got a pretty darn good deal from Dallas, but he's a restricted free agent, which means that the Houston Rockets can match his offer. And you know why that's important is. You know, a lot of people think that what Bosch does uh, could uh, impact very, very much so LeBron James. So three days is all the Rockets have, Tarvin, to match this offer. And now why that matters is, is because Chris Bosch, who has uh, already got a max deal offer from the, from the Rockets, basically now the, the Rockets have to make a decision. Uh, if, they, if they were to... Um, to give Chandler Parsons this matching offer, they can't give Bosch the max offer. And if Bosch can't take the max offer, then well, where is he left, Tarvin? I mean, maybe going back to Miami, that leaves LeBron James with his guy back in Miami. But if they don't pull the trigger, they say, hey, Bosch, we're all in. We have to know within the next three days. And Bosch then signs with the Rockets. Well, I think at that point, can anybody see LeBron James going back to the Heat without Bosch? He's much more of a valuable piece to, to LeBron James than Dwayne Wade is right now because Bosch is still, um, you know, a more valuable player than, than Wade is at this point in his career. That's an excellent point. And now with Carmelo going to take the max deal with New York, I mean, if Bosch goes to Houston, we know where LeBron's going. I don't think he's going to New York, Trey. I just, I just don't see LeBron James in a Knicks uniform. And you're right. I'm going to be watching this very closely. A lot of people think now that the favorite is Cleveland, and Cleveland has contacted Mike Miller, one of LeBron James' old teammates who got traded to Memphis, and also Ray Allen. Seems LeBron wants those two wherever he goes to come with him. So it, the Cleveland's doing everything they're supposed to do, Trey, in order to, in, to seduce LeBron James to come back, aren't they? Yeah, and the three-way trade that Cleveland just made actually allowed them to make the max offer. They're one of five teams in the NBA who can make a max offer now to LeBron James, which, by the way, he deserves and he wants. I mean, besides that LeBron James has never been uh, the most valuable player when it comes to monetarily on his team. I mean, how long has this guy been the best player in the NBA? Uh, so I don't have a problem with him wanting a max deal, and I don't have a problem with him getting paid um, at any team he goes to, whether it's the Heat who can offer the max deal, 
or the Cavaliers. Uh, but I got to tell you, Tarvin, right now, if these pieces keep falling, and I just think, I think the Rockets are going to be calling Bosch and saying, hey, we have to have an answer, you know, because if we don't have you, then our fallback position is going to be Chandler, you know, get Parsons back. I think Parsons might be a better overall player, but clearly, you know, you have the Rockets valuing uh, Chris Bosch at a much higher level than they, they value Chandler Parsons. But the Dallas Mavericks just forced the issue. So in the next three days, Tarvin, we may know all of this. So are you still sticking with your – I believe you said he would stay in Miami, LeBron yeah. would. What are, you, what are your feelings now? i got to say, I, I, I am not as secure as I was when I made that prediction, obviously. Um, this changes things a bit. Now, we'll see. If, if three days go by and we see the Rockets, um, no decisions sort of made, and the Rockets, you know, kind of sit on their laurels waiting for Bosch, then anything can happen. Um, but I just think in the next three days that we're going to see some sort of movement because I think Bosch understands the window now. I think um, the Rockets can't let Parsons go if they're not going to get Bosch. They just can't let it happen. They don't have the money to do both um, and not trade other players. So, I think we're going to see some movement, Tarvin, and, and, you know, I know you predicted him going to Cleveland you know, way back when. Uh, you may be spot on at this point, Tarvin, because it is looking more and more likely. Well, I was having a discussion. You probably read it where Paul Ewing was – he didn't think, you know, Cleveland would be a playoff team with LeBron James. And I'm looking at that roster, and it's not just terrible. I mean, you have the right mix of players. Do you think? Do you think Miami – would be better than Cleveland if LeBron James left Miami, went to Cleveland, and Bosch stayed in Miami. No, absolutely not. I mean, here's the thing, too. Oh, by the way, it's not as if Cleveland uh, is sort of sitting on their laurels as well. Uh, they have a tentative, or they're working on a tentative deal to trade uh, possibly Andrew Wiggins, uh, who you know, they just got the number one draft pick for Kevin Love. Now imagine that scenario, Harvin. Kevin Love uh, goes to the Cavaliers with LeBron James, and tell me that team is it automatically, if not the favorite, one of the favorites to win the NBA next year. And so Cleveland isn't just swinging for a fence, Harvin. They're swinging for all the fence. You'd have Irving, Love, LeBron, and and whoever else is on that team, really would it matter? I mean, just the role players, people, that would be huge. Cleveland is trying to make themselves into a big boy again, or not again, ever, but, I mean, they're trying to act like they're big boy organization, Trey. I, I like what Cleveland's to get LeBron, but how many how many bandwagon closet calf fans are we going to see if LeBron goes to Cleveland? <laughs> uh, I think that you're going to see far fewer Miami fans, and you're going to see – uh, people will jump on the bandwagon. And I actually have a close buddy of mine who is a Cleveland fan. Uh, <laughs> and I, he, he, it's funny to talk to him. He, he's very skeptical of all the LeBron talk. Uh, and I think a lot of Cleveland fans are. Uh, but if he does go there, they're going to have a lot of, lot of fans <laughs> they didn't have a few days ago. Well, Trey, uh, Trey, give me your thoughts of Clayton Kershaw getting suspended for anabolic steroid usage today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm joking. Nice no, try, I, buddy. I, I, didn't get to, I, I didn't get to get your opinion on the All-Star game the other day. Give us your thoughts on the All-Star game coming up. Do you like the roster that's out there, or do you not yeah, like I, it? I do. 
I think you're going to see some additions, the people who who were say they were snobs and that kind of stuff. You're going to see Chris Sale make the All-Star team. Uh, a surprise that he didn't he didn't actually get picked today um, with uh, Tanaka going on the DL. Uh, they picked uh, the closer for the Red Sox, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise for me. But you're going to see, uh, you know, I think some of the people who thought were snubs probably end up making it. I, I just think that if, if this All-Star game is it Clayton Kershaw versus Felix Hernandez to start the games? Uh, it's a disappointment to me because that's the two guys that I want to see uh, go to the first two innings of this, this game. So, so how's your fantasy baseball team doing this year? This is my first year not playing fantasy baseball <laughs> in a long time, and so how are you doing? I'm over 500. Uh, Tanaka's injury hurts my team a little bit, uh, but you know when you have Clayton Kershaw, Felix Hernandez, Julio Tehran. <laughs> Uh, Madison Bumgarner, Tanaka as your starting five pitchers. You know, all you gotta do is get a little <laughs> bit of bats every week. Hey, if you if you ever have two of them going twice, it's over, right? It's been it's been it's been pretty good, I'll tell you that, especially in June. It was I, am I hearing something wrong? Who did uh, Clayton Kershaw? Did he throw another no hitter? I know he threw one a couple of weeks ago when we talked. Did he throw one since? Hey, he is not allowed to run since, uh, but he has, he's given some hits. I mean, uh, you know, bat on him, he's given a couple hits up, but he is, he's been pretty untouchable uh, when it comes to run-wise. He's got a pretty nice streak going. Okay. Well, I was just, I was just wanting to check on some baseball, and I guess we're at the All-Star break close, Trey. Are you, are you feeling good about your predictions for the postseason? Well, I mean, there's a couple that I, I, you know, I'd love to rethink at this point. I mean, the Oakland Athletics are a far better team than I, than I gave them credit for. You've been on their bandwagon for over a year now, and I gave way too much credit to the Texas Rangers. Um, they're falling apart, it looks like. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to change that prediction. But everything else, Tarvin, I feel like I'm okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. And now we're going to move in a little bit of college football talk and trade Miami the big news in, in the Miami Hurricanes, two linebackers kicked off the team for rape. I mean, your thoughts, have you got to look into this and what happened, the teenage girl was unconscious, she was drunk, drugged or something, and these guys assaulted her without her having a chance to say no. So give us your thoughts on the Miami Hurricanes, the cleanest program in America. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously these guys deserve to be prosecuted based on the evidence that we've seen. Um, and then they're at the mercy of what happens in any sort of court. Uh, but it's obviously a terrible, terrible scenario. You, you know, yeah. this is a story that you don't want to hear about, whether it's football or, or, or anything else. And so these guys, Tarvin, if this is all true, man, man, uh, these guys don't deserve to see a football field ever again, much less, uh, you know, Nine of prison life. But other other news in college football, which surprised me a little bit, Trey, Pete Carroll chosen for the Southern Cal Athletic Hall of Fame. Seems like a coach that, that got you on probation and, and really hamstrung your team for years, getting into the Hall of Fame. Give us your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, it's the team Hall of Fame. I, I don't know. I mean, USC hasn't exactly had um, yeah, I mean, their Hall of Fame probably has, what, O.J. Simpson in it. Uh, they probably have Reggie Bush, who had to give up his Heisman. I, I mean, I, you know, so 
uh, based on what happened on the field before we had to revisit things with Pete Carroll, uh, then certainly maybe there's reason to. But, you know, looking in retrospect, um, you know, I mean, it's probably good for the program. I'll put it that way. I mean, having Pete Carroll around USC probably helps out. Well, Trey, we've had Jonathan on hold for four minutes. Didn't see him in there. Jonathan, uh, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, you know what, guys? It is, it's actually been a beautiful day uh, down here in Florida. I've been able to dodge the rain. I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm in a great mood. My fantasy baseball team is in full-on tank mode, so I get the number one overall pick in next year's draft, so I'm stoked right now. <laughs> well, you're already looking for next year. It, it must be a bad year, right, Trey? <laughs> I, I don't know what that's like, man. I, you're talking to you're talking to a guy who's going to the playoffs. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, I took over uh, somebody else's team, and it was a disaster. So I had to clean house and rebuild. Well, Jonathan, what do you think of the the herd? We just asked Trey. I know you're a Florida State fan. Trey's a Florida State fan, but your rival, the Miami Hurricanes, two linebackers kicked off the team for rape. Mm-hmm. Big news in Miami. Oh, it's huge news, and it really resonates throughout the state. Um, you know, because you're talking about kids that, you know, these, these two young men weren't just from Miami. If I'm not mistaken, one of them is actually from the Tampa area. Uh, and, you know, talking, I, you know, I, I do have some friends who are Hurricane fans speaking with them. The way they looked at it was these kids, it's not even a question, that they, they shouldn't be allowed to ever wear Miami Hurricane uh, apparel ever again. They're, they're a black eye to the university, an absolute disgrace to the football team. Uh, you know, and Trey's right. They should never, ever see a, a football field ever again outside of prison walls because we all know, you know, Michael Vick could us. They have some really nice uh, pothole football fields, you know, in prison. Yeah, it's, it's, it's big news. And, guys, just there's a source out there saying that LeBron James is returning to Cleveland. This is from Full Scale Sports. I don't know how much credence y'all give to that, but Right now, it's kind of blowing up the last 15 minutes, guys. LeBron James to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Where's Paul Ewing when you need him, guys? I mean, where's Paul? <laughs> the biggest Heat fan of them all, man. He's hiding. I don't know, man. Where, where is he? I don't know. Where Where is Paul Ewing? I mean, he's been in hiding ever since LeBron got stumped 4-1 to one in, the, in the finals. I mean, I haven't heard a peep from Paul Ewing. So, anybody mm-hmm. out there, if you can find – as soon as he signs, if he signs with the Heat – Paul will be back. I guarantee you that he'll be he'll be back in full force again. And maybe when his Gators win a football game, he'll be back. I don't know. But Paul <laughs> Ewing, there's an APB out for you right now. We're gonna find him, Trey. And I know you have some connections, Trey. Go find him for me. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I had a tough time finding Tino after the national championship game too, Tarvin. So Ooh. you know, it took it took us some time, buddy. But we'll, we'll find them all. T- Tino's been busy, Trey. Tino. Right. Hey, I, I will tell you this about Tino though. During that three and nine campaign, Tino oh, he was there. On, he was Rabbit. on every week, saying that Auburn was going to beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and <laughs> and I, 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 I made a prediction that night that we wouldn't even score. Remember? And we did. Yeah, I remember that. I, I even said we wouldn't get more than three first downs. I think I was close. But um, anyway, I think we have another caller on real quick. Let's see. I think this this is the Mensons. Is this Jason or Sonia? It's both. It's both. It's both. It's both. 
Hey guys. What's going on? This and that, everything. Um, tired of trolls, you know, normal, normal off-season stuff. Well, we're we're gonna get into our college preview trade hour in a few minutes, but Jason, what are your thoughts on LeBron James? Where's he gonna go, man? I know you're on the edge of your seat, just waiting. Can you can you clarify? Is Melo staying in New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Melo Melo is staying in New York. That's that's so big. That tells me that LeBron isn't going to Cleveland. He's going to stay one more year in Miami. And my theory is still alive. He's going to New York. <laughs> LeBron in New York with Carmelo. That, that could be that could be a disaster, guys. I mean, LeBron's going to Cleveland, Jason. I have to break it to you right now, LeBron. Will be a did Cleveland read, Cavalier. Did you read my theory, though? Yeah, I read it. It was about a month ago, I believe. I forgot it. Tell me your theory again. My theory was, before all this craziness started, was that the the big three would, would, would stay one more year in Miami, mm-hmm. then opt out. New York has basically, what, two years left on all those horrible salaries that they need to dump? Mm-hmm. After, on that second year, LeBron goes up to New York. Um, Jackson's got a clean slate, lots of cash. He'll draft people to float around that nucleus, and he knows how to build a team to surround like someone like Jordan, Kobe. He's going to New York. I mean, I just, I just have this feeling. All this Cleveland BS. I mean, <laughs> I honestly, I mean, God, all we talked about for two weeks is LeBron. Every free agent has frozen as far as where they want to go until God makes a decision. It's, it's just stupid. Grown men who can't make up their minds. It's, you know, wow. <laughs> The only way well, Jason, I can see um, the only way I can see LeBron going to Cleveland, and this impacts my Wolves, is I heard rumors that um, there was a trade talks involved with Cleveland about Love going to Cleveland for that number one pick, but Love wouldn't do it until he, I think, was confident LeBron was going to go there. So you could mm-hmm. you could still probably see if LeBron goes there. The trade for Wiggins for Love and some other stuff. Um, that's the only way I can see LeBron going. Hmm. I see Love in Cleveland if that happens. Well, Jason, I, don't I, don't know. Be, I mean, whatever. I, I would mean, be stunned if LeBron ended up in New York. Honestly, this year, I I think Cleveland, to me, it makes sense. He's going to get paid. He's going to get out of Miami. He's going to go back home, and he's probably going to contend for championships in the East. I was actually mm-hmm. waiting to see if Bosch went to Houston because that would tell you right there that LeBron ain't staying. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Heat are going to be stuck with um, paying Wade a gazillion dollars for a washed-up player. That, that's that's funny as hell to me. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I have this, I have this, I have this theory that I live with till I die, and karma is 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 what it is. You know, and Sterling said a year ago that the collective bargaining agreement was geared towards preventing 
what happened in Miami to happen again. They don't want all the talent subsiding in one city. You know, that's the problem with the NBA is you basically have, what, 60% of the teams are farm teams that have absolutely no shot at, at doing anything. I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's about that's right. Why, that's why it's a joke to me. You know, I, I don't even know why Minnesota has a team, actually, because all we are is a farm team. We draft these, these young players that leave way too early. We invest all this time and money just to have them leave after the rookie contract like Garnett, like Love. I mean, I could go on and on about all the players we have lost because they hate Minnesota. It's a terrible place to play at. <clears throat> and they end up going to these six or seven elite teams. But yeah, that's a good. I don't know. Can you, you know, it, LeBron can do whatever he wants. I mean, I, I really don't care because it doesn't impact me. Um, well, Jason, I forget you're back on in Ohio. We've talked some Ohio State and the Big Ten in a minute. Sonia just stood in the chat room. That's when to bring you on. Sorry I brought you on a little too early. But, Jonathan, looking at Jason's theory, what do you think about LeBron going to New York after this year? Yeah, LeBron's getting a max contract no matter where he goes. If he was going to do the one-year thing, he would have just opted in with the Heat for that one remaining year. Um I've heard from local donut shops in, in Cleveland that it, it's a done deal. It's been a done deal for three days. So it must be a done deal for local donut shops. I've already said LeBron's going to Cleveland. It would be great for LeBron to go back, but at the same time, if he goes back, he understands the only way the fans are going to learn to love him again. It's not when he first puts on that jersey. is when he brings them a championship. He ruined whatever fan base he had there when he left the first time. So at this point, I, I think LeBron needs that. to realize that he needs a championship. Trey, I think if LeBron comes to Cleveland, I think the people are going to forgive him. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, they'll be in the finals in the first year, so they're going to forgive mm-hmm. him. See, I told Paul that, and he was like, "There's no way they don't have anybody." And I'm like, "Like you said, Trey, they're not just going to bring LeBron, and that's it. They're making other moves to yeah. to contend for the East." And I, I can promise you this. You know, I've I've been wrong a couple of times in my life. I've been counting, and I've said LeBron to Cleveland for a long time, guys. I'm gonna stick to it. I'm just gonna stick to it and see if it pans out. It's not anything I had, any kind of facts or anything. It was just a gut feeling, kind of like Jason has about about the Knicks. The, just a feeling he has. But I'm I'm intrigued with this. I am. I'm I'm, I'm not an NBA guy, but I'm, I'm intrigued by this. So we'll see. That's enough NBA talk, guys. I've, We'll, we'll follow LeBron. If y'all hear anything during the show, let me know. But tonight we're going to start our college preview. And tonight we're going to start out with the Oregon Ducks out of the Pac-12 conference, guys. And Ohio State will follow. And everybody you talk to is has Oregon in their final four, really. Most people, not all people. And, and I think they, the Oregon Ducks, People still remember them, Trey, with Chip Kelly as the coach. I know you have Mariota there. I mean, a team that returns eight starters on offense. They, what do you think, Trey? I mean, are you on the bandwagon of Oregon saying they're they're a guaranteed uh, playoff contender right here? Because when I look at this team, I see a lot of question marks on defense. Well, uh, use an important word for me, Tarvin, and it's contender. 
Yes, I have them in the contender status, but do I have them as a lock? Absolutely not. There's some games on here that should scare Oregon fans. Um, and I don't, I'm not even sure if they're going to be favored uh, in all other games. I know, you know, there's preseason predictions on that. Uh, but when I look at the schedule and I see how it could play out, uh, for instance, I know they have a lot of the tough games at home, but I look at that, that Saturday, October the 11th, at UCLA in the Rose Bowl, and I think uh, they may not be favored in that one. Yeah, I mean, you never know a team. And, and I think Oregon's success came, you know, from Chip Kelly. I think he's a mastermind. I think he understood – what kind of talent he had, what he wanted. And even if he was weak in some areas, he could compensate. Jonathan, this is Helfrich's second year. Last year they underachieved. I mean, they, they went 11-2, and 7-2 and in the Pac-12, embarrassing losses against Stanford, in my opinion, and Arizona. What happens this year if they don't make this Final Four, Jonathan? Helfrich, I mean, is he the right coach? I mean, are you going to start hearing the grumblings from the fans? I mean, because their expectations are national championships. Well, I think Helfrich's a good coach. And now what we have to look at is, you know, you, you said, well, I see question marks in defense. Well, every year we see question marks when it comes to Oregon's defense. They just don't recruit well enough when it comes to, these, when it comes to their defense. Um, and I, maybe it's not even recruiting. Maybe it's developing the talent. Maybe they need, yeah, need a new defensive coordinator or something. They need to figure that part of their, of their team out. Uh, but, you know, I look at their games against Michigan State. I look at their games against UCLA. And I look at their game against Stanford. And you just kind of go, are they actually going to pull these games out? And can they actually beat these three teams? Uh, Stanford's had their number time and time again. Uh, they're at UCLA, and that's that's going to be, you know, it's tough walking in the Rose Bowl and pulling one off. But I'm still not a firm believer in UCLA yet. Uh, and then you look at the game against Michigan State. I mean, if Michigan State, if they are anywhere close to the team they were last year, they should be able to stomp Oregon, uh, even if that game is in Eugene. Because Michigan State has followed the same blueprint as Stanford. And Oregon has a tough time with those physical teams. Yeah, I look at Oregon's secondary, guys, and playing in the Pac-12, that's a concern for me. The offense lost their receivers. All of their receivers are gone, really. They're running back. What is his name? Thomas. The Anthony Thomas is gone. I just don't believe that Helfrich is a good enough coach to run the table of this schedule. And I, it's not a gauntlet or anything. They have some tough games. And I think people overlook that Utah game on the road November 8th. I, I think nobody's even talking about that game. That could be disaster the week after Stanford. Because imagine Oregon's undefeated guys, and all of a sudden they beat Stanford November 1st. That Utah game is a trap game on the road. And we'll go through the schedule and just look. But I just don't feel it, Trey. I don't think Helfrich is a good enough coach. I don't think Mariota is a quarterback that can stay healthy an entire season because I think they're going to have to run the football this year, not having the receivers. And when you run the football a lot, you get hit more and you have these injuries. Trey, Mariota, the Heisman front runner, and, and about everybody's opinion, will he stay healthy an entire season? And if he does, does that, does that mean a national championship possible? Well, I mean, I mean, maybe. Um, let's let, let's let's break it down, Tarun. Let's start off. Uh, do you want to start us off, or you want me to get, get get us going here? You get us going. Well, I mean, I think the first one we can you and I can agree that the South Dakota Coyotes, uh, one that I didn't know they had a football team, uh, and two, I still don't think they have a football team. So let's go ahead and mark that one as a victory, Tarun. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give them this one. First game, home game in August. Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. So the second game, I think, you know, I disagree with Jonathan a little bit on Michigan State. Yeah, yeah they're more of a physical team. But Michigan State has, in the last five years, been a very, very poor starting football team. They've struggled very, very mightily, even against mm-hmm. um, Western Michigan types of opponents in the very first couple of games. I don't like Michigan State starting in this game. Uh, I think they're going to start too slow to start the season off. They'll be a great football team uh, near the end of the season, uh, but they're going to have a tough time getting their passing game going, even against uh, probably a weaker Oregon secondary. I think Oregon wins this game. Uh, I really don't see Michigan State pulling it off in Eugene at all, Tartan. Yeah, and and how many times do you see – Michigan State make a road game a trip like this this early in the season and it's just a bad matchup. I don't think Michigan State has the the playmakers, the kind of skill position players to be able to score with Oregon for four quarters. I I think it'll be close for a little while and I think Oregon's going to put two or three touchdowns real quick on them and that'll break Michigan State's back. Michigan State's not a team that can come from behind, I think Jonathan. So I'm going to go with the Ducks in this one. I don't think it'll be close. I'm saying 14, at least 14 points. I'm going to say Oregon wins, but I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, like a 7- to 10-point game. I expect Michigan State to put up some sort of a fight with them. Uh, you know, Oregon's offensive line might struggle a little bit against that front four. And, you know, Connor Cook, you know, he proved last year that uh, he definitely is a quarterback that can make, uh, you know, make, really make some plays for that team. So I think Michigan State's going to be competitive, but I don't think it's going to be a – I think Oregon wins. Just not a absolute kick-the-door-down blowout. All right, Trey. Well, next, Tarvin, is uh, Wyoming. I don't imagine Wyoming will be much of a <laughs> struggle in Eugene. So I'll mark that as a victory and move us on to – uh, a road, the first road game at Washington State. Uh, Tarvin, are the Cougars going to be a little tougher than people think they are? I, I think that Oregon will actually struggle at first with this game, uh, but this is going to be a pretty pretty mightily uh, or easy, easy easy win as well. Well, I can promise you this. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And Washington mm-hmm. State, if you saw them last year, they're they're getting better. They're improving every year. Um, the mad scientist third year. And by the way, Jason said that Michigan State's going to get their A kick. So I, I believe that, Jason, the Big Ten expert over here. But I, I do think that Washington State, Trey, will keep it close early. But, again, how good is Oregon's defense going to be? How good is Washington State's defense going to be is the key. I mean, when you go on the road in conference, I don't care almost who you play, it's going to be tough. I don't think Oregon's overlooking Washington State, but but you got to remember they have a bye week before the next game they play. They're kind of a revenge game. I'm gonna say Oregon gets by this one, Trey. They won't cover the 14 to 17 point spread they're favored. It'll be about a 10 point game. Yeah, so we we all got them 4-0 moving there. Um, Tarbat, you know the bye week is important uh, for the Arizona game. You talked about that game last year, but the, the week off is going to matter. I think they're going to use this week off to not only prepare for Arizona, but also the UCLA Bruins that they had the week after that. I, I think they're focused against Arizona, um, but it could be kind of a trap game with UCLA the next week. I think it's a little closer 
uh, than Oregon likes, but I got Oregon winning. Well, I think that that October second game against Arizona is a Thursday night game, so it's it at home. Turning. And then, yeah, and then I, I have them winning against Arizona too because it's at home. Rich Rodriguez hasn't—he's not known for his defense trade on the road. That's not good. He stunned Oregon last year. I think Oregon runs away with this one with ease. Mm-hmm. So I think it's to UCLA on the the 11th of October. This is the game. I mean, th- this is the game Oregon's going to look at, and I and I think they could fall trapped. I think if they win this game, they're going to make it all the way. I think the schedule gets tougher after this game at UCLA, guys. I'm going to go ahead and pick it before you can. I like UCLA in this game to get the win. I think UCLA plays physical football. They have big defensive line, big offensive line. They have a great quarterback. Being in California, guys, UCLA is going to pull this one out. It's going to be sweet. Yeah, I agree with you. I think by this point, UCLA is one of those teams, that if you watched the Nebraska game last year, it took Hunley some time to get, to get going. But by this point in the season, he's going to be in his stride. I think UCLA's offense is going to be hitting the cylinders they need to hit. I think their defense will be the changer here. They're going to bang around Mariota, and I think UCLA wins this. I think it's going to be a close game. This is going to be one of the ones we all watch, but it's going to be a great uh, a great contest at the end. I think Oregon loses. Wow. Um, okay, I'm going to ride against the wave just to be one of those guys. I, like I said, I'm not a believer in UCLA. Um even though Moore has done a great job, uh, and Hunley proved to be a very capable capable quarterback, I still think Oregon finds a way to yank this one out of the Rose Bowl, uh, last-second field goal. I mean, I believe this one's going to be a great classic. Uh, we're all going to, like like Tarvin said, we're going to sit around the fire and watch this one. All right, Trey, that's well, October 18th in Washington, the home game against the Washington Huskies. Remember, Boise State's coach left to Washington. Washington's coach went to Southern Cal. And I'll start with you, Trey. Washington, do they have any chance of going on the road and beating Oregon? I actually think they have a chance here, Tarvin. I think coming off that UCLA game, now granted, luckily Oregon's coming back home here, but I think Washington's going to beat somebody they're not supposed to next year. They're not going to go and play for a Pac-12 championship, but I think they're going to beat somebody they shouldn't. It's not going to be Oregon. Uh, but I, I would. I mean, this is one of those games, man. I think uh, I think they get by it, but I think it's closer than Oregon wants it to be. Uh, but being at home, Washington is just not going to be ready to upset a team like Oregon, uh, even after a loss. So I got Washington winning, and I'll tell you right now, Tarvin, uh, I got them winning next week at the Bears too. Mhm. All right, Johnson. Do you like Washington, or do you like Oregon in this one? I got to take Oregon. Um, you know what, like. Trey said Washington's going to put up a fight, but Oregon at the end of the day too is just much more talented than this Husky team. I think Washington's window of making some noise was last year. Um, I, I just think they, by losing Sankey and losing some other pieces on that team, Cesarian Jenkins, so it's almost a rebuilding year, if you will, for that offense. It, it's going to be hard for them, I think, to uh, keep pace with the Ducks. I'm sure you like Cali- you like them beating California as well, like I do. And that, that goes in November. This is this is the time of year that's always been tough for Oregon. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Stanford. I don't know. But the trade, Stanford comes in, 
Sue Watson Stadium this year. And Jason Humphreys, I see you waiting to come in. We're going to get you on in just a second. We'll get you on to to tell us what you think about your Oregon Ducks. Jason's the biggest Duck fan out there, so we're going to get you on here for sure. But Stanford, Trey, I don't think this year they have what it takes really to go to Oregon and win. If they can continue to play smash-mouth football, they lost a lot too. Stanford lost a lot, in my opinion. I don't think Stanford – I didn't buy into them last year, and I'm sure not going to buy into them this year. I have Oregon being at home, a tough place to, to play. They're going to win, Trey. Oregon – probably about 10 to 14 in this one. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a super close game. This is, I mean, Stanford just seems to have a lot of confidence against Oregon, and they're going to play tough. I mean, you and I still aren't convinced, you know, with Kevin Hogan, but um, what I don't like about Stanford in this game is their bye week is in September, their open date, and they're open again after this game. Uh, but they have uh, – they're at Washington, at Notre Dame, they're at home for Washington State, at Arizona State, home for Oregon State. I just think they're going to be um, a little fatigued and beat up by this point, Tarvin. I think Oregon is going to play a lot faster than them this time. They're going to figure it out. I like Oregon as well, man. Jonathan, are you going to go? I know, you, I, know, I know you're a Stanford lover, so go ahead and tell us your prediction, Uh Nerd Nation pulls off the upset. Even though they lost David Yankee, Tyler Gaffney, uh, you know, Trent Murphy, the Saints go, Nerd Nation. Uh, Stanford has, they got their number. Shaw's got Oregon's number. There's no doubt about it. Oregon can't seem to get past this team right now. Uh, I'm going to say it right now. Stanford's going to win this game. It's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be like a 24-20 uh, Cardinal win. Oregon gets bounced out of the national championship uh, picture. Man, I've heard this, but you've been right. You've been right in the last couple of years, so I can't really uh, say you're wrong on this one. I just don't think – and even if they win this game, so me and Trey have Oregon, you have Stanford. The next week, nobody's talking about it. Now, I look at this schedule, and I think this could be just like the Arizona game almost. You go to mm-hmm. Utah, and I, I'm, Utah's a tough place to play. They're getting better every year. They pulled off some wins last year, Trey. I think this is the game that Oregon goes down at Utah November 8th. Call me crazy, but this is an upset right after the Stanford game. And you got to remember, they play UCLA or Arizona, UCLA, Washington, Cal, Stanford, now here's Utah. I think they're worn out by this time, and I think that inexperienced coach starts showing in, in this time of year, Trey. Am I crazy? Tell me. Well, I don't think you're crazy for this for picking Utah to upset them. Uh, what I don't like about this game for Utah is they're coming off a road game in Tempe, um, and I think they're going to be they're going to be worn down as well by this point. They played USC the week before. They're at Oregon State before the bye week, and they're at UCLA. So I mean, man, Utah is going to Utah got a tough schedule in the Pac-12. Will be on the road a lot. Um, obviously at home, I think Utah. You're right; they can beat a lot of people. Um, I just don't see it this year, man. I know they beat Stanford last year. I just don't think they match up well against Oregon. I got Oregon winning. Yeah, Jonathan, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say Oregon pulls this out last minute. I mean, this is going to be a this is going to be a gut check game. Um, one of those, and it's really going to be one of those games where as we get into the season, you're kind of looking at it, you're watching the game, you got a circle, you're like, is this the week? that we see some pandemonium happen. Um, and I honestly believe Utah's going to put up a great fight. They play really well at home. 
But I, I think Oregon's going to pull this one out. I mean, I I just I can't get behind Utah 100% here, but if they were to pull it off, I would not be stunned, and I'd be really excited. Well, breaking news, guys, breaking news. Paul Ewing is in the chat room and the studio. So Paul Ewing has been <laughs> We found Paul. Paul, we, we, we love you. Jimmy Abrams, welcome to the chat room as well. Jason, Sonia, of course. Welcome to the show. This takes the last two games, guys. I won't even talk about Colorado because they're nope. Colorado. At Oregon State, the Civil War, last year's game was 36-35, to 35, and that, that was crazy. I remember watching that game. I think it was Thanksgiving night or the night after. Trey, I still don't think – I don't know. This one this one's tough. I still like Oregon in this one on the road. I have them finished 10-2 and two in this conference. Um, what do you have? Well, i got to tell you, man, I don't like this game at all for Oregon. I think Oregon State, I think, will have lost the week before, and I think that matters for them to beat Oregon in this game, and I'm predicting it now. They're going to be coming off a heartbreaker at Washington the week before, and they're going to come in looking to wreck the Oregon Ducks' chance here. I think the Oregon Ducks are going to be looking to go to the Pac-12 championship, and Oregon State's going to look to wreck it, and I think they will. I think Oregon State... Rex Oregon season and they make them ten and two. I agree with you on the on the on the outcome. Ten and two. Uh, I'm gonna go with Trey. I'm gonna say Oregon State pulls out the Civil War victory. Um, stuns all of Duck Nation. Ducks finish ten and two and on the outside looking in. So Tarvin. We all have them at ten and two, buddy. Uh, I don't know if you want to get uh, our Oregon Ducks on, sorry, the, on the phone a, here. I was on mute talking, and uh, dang, I feel like an <laughs> idiot over here. Jason Humphrey, the biggest Duck fan, he was the, one of the fan of the years of the show. Jason, welcome. I'm wearing an Oregon Duck fan for you, uh, Oregon Duck shirt for you tonight, buddy. Hey guys, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, so ten and two on this schedule it doesn't look doesn't look bad, I would say. Um, looking at this schedule as a duck fan, outside of South Dakota, Wyoming and Cal and Colorado, we could lose any one of those other eight nine games. If we don't play our best. Um um, the game's that scary is obviously the big three, Michigan State, at UCLA, and Stanford. Um, it's a little key fact if you get the Phil Steele, and it's in there for the Colorado game. The last three years before the Civil War, Oregon's 0-3. Um, I doubt that Colorado's going to beat us, but, um, but that's a fun little hmm. nugget. So, yeah. So, so, Jason, tell me your final prediction for the Oregon Ducks. Tell me the record. And, and will they get into the college playoff? Well, you know what? You guys said it. 10 and 2. I'll say 11 and 1, just to be indifferent. And they make it to the um, playoff. They, they make yeah. it winning Don't the Pac 12. So, so is Oregon going to win the Pac-12, you're saying? Yeah, they'll, they'll win the Pac-12. 
at they'll be twelve and one with the back twelve. I think they lose to UCLA October eleventh, and they get them back at Levi Stadium. And that Pac-12 title game could possibly be a um, play-in game for the playoffs. So. Oh. Well, well, you heard it right here from Jason Humphrey. Jason, thanks for calling in the Oregon Ducks. I think if Oregon goes eleven and one and wins the Pac-12. They're probably in. I mean, look at the schedule. It's tough. I mean, it's a tough schedule. I'll give him that. There's some. I look at a team like Oregon, and I, I look at when I look at your strength of schedule. I want to see how many can you lose. And Oregon can lose a lot of these games. So I mean, it's it's just not like they have a cakewalk in. And I know he said the big three. It doesn't necessarily mean that the rest of them are cupcakes. Trey, will you agree if Oregon goes 11 and one and wins the Pac-12, they're in? Oh, yeah, I think an 11-1 Pac-12 team gets in uh, probably at the four spot, uh, if I had to predict it now, just based on um, sort of schedule. But, I, you know, I think even at, even with two losses, I think Oregon could win the Pac-12 North. I think it's going to become tiebreakers. I think somebody else in that Pac-12 North is going to have two losses as well. Uh, and so it's going to come down to tiebreakers. Uh, but I do think that Oregon, even with two losses, get into the Pac-12 championship. Now, two losses are out of the that was the final four consideration for sure, but I still think with two losses, it can be playing for a Pac-12 championship. Now, I think the Pac-12 is the second strongest conference in the country, and their champion with one loss deserves to get in. And I know people hate that word, deserves, but I like it. Paul said he's in the chat room right now having a few beers saluting LeBron off, so maybe Paul knows something you know that we don't right now about LeBron. So we'll, we'll talk to Paul before the show's over with. And if you hear my dog in the background, I apologize. He'll shut up in a minute. Well, that takes us to a conference, Trey. That takes us to a conference, the the Big Ten. We go from the Pac-12, a strong conference, to a Big Ten, which I don't think is that strong. But we'll 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 talk about that in a minute. Trey, do you want to do an intro for Ohio State real quick? Yeah, I, and talking about conferences real quick. Let me let me tell you this. Um, out of the three major sports, you lost this past year, Tarvin, and, and I'll tell you this as well, guys, and for everybody listening, the Pac-12 nor the Big Ten played for no championships this year in all three major sports. Something to think about. Uh, going to Ohio State, uh, let's, let's all call the Navy game a, a win, even though they're at Navy. Uh, unfortunately, our, our Naval Academy isn't, uh, isn't up to par yet. Uh, but let's talk about that Virginia game. It's September 6th, Tarvin, Saturday, in Columbus, Ohio. The Hokies uh, come to town. Uh, they have any shot in Ohio Stadium? Well, no. no. I mean, it's Virginia Tech. They've, they've really fallen off. They need a new head coach. They need a new defensive coordinator. They need a new everything right now. Ohio State is still a good, talented team. They have a lot of young speed, talent. They're raw. They lost a lot. This Ohio State team lost a lot on offense, guys. You look at that offensive line. That's what that. Let me let me take that back, Trey. Looking at their offensive line early in the season, Virginia Tech, with the way they play, that blue collar defense, the way they play, they could sneak up on Ohio State. I'm not going to predict that, but Ohio State has a lot of holes in this team. And I don't think Braxton Miller and I think all the other trouble going on, I think it's a distraction. But right now, they're 2-0. and mm-hmm. Weakest schedule in the country. Oh, yeah. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. 
Ohio State, 38-10. to 10. Next question. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be broad. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be close, guys. Uh, I don't think, like Tarvin said, Tech needs some work. Their offense is absolutely terrible, and Braxton's just going to run through them. 38-10 to 10 and blow out. Hey, Trey, well, Trey, you know who the offensive coordinator is, don't you, for Virginia Tech again? <laughs> his second year, Scott Left. Scott Lester, yeah. Hey, Tarvin, let me, let, me go ahead, let me go ahead and pull my, my first not-so-fast, my lead course. Oh, no. I think, I think <laughs> no. Virginia Tech is going to play them super close, man. If you think about the game last year off the college ball season where Virginia Tech gave Alabama, and I was at that game, a lot more than, than ended up on the scoreboard, uh, I think given Ohio State's sort of weaknesses, that Virginia Tech's defense is going to give them nightmares. Now, I worry about Virginia Tech being able to score, uh, but, man, I got this one close, buddy, close. Ohio State wins, but, man, close. It could be. It could be. I mean, it's the, the, the bottom line is we all three have them going 2-0. and And how, how many games are you going to skip here, Trey, in their schedule? <laughs> well, let's <laughs> skip down. Uh, let's see, Kent State, the flashes, let's flash past that. The Bearcats, Tarvin, let's stop here for a second. Uh, yeah, the Tubby. Tubervilles. The Tubervilles come to town. What do you think? Well, Tuberville, I mean, just something about him. When he goes on the road against top ten opponents, Ohio State should be a top ten team right here, of course. This game kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. Um, it, it uh, Tubby could get in here and do something. Jonathan, what do you think? Yeah. 56 to 21 Ohio State. Blowout. Yeah, I got to tell you, Tarvin, I don't see Ohio State blowing out a lot of these people. I mean, the problem with them, I mean, we we talk about, you know, last year, uh, this is a very similar team to what we saw last year, and they didn't blow out competition that we all thought going into it. So I think the Cincinnati game is going to be close. Uh, and, you know, I kind of wonder, Tarvin, you know, last year we saw – um, you know, the Cal Bears pull up 34 points to these guys. I mean, so there were teams early on. I mean, North, Northwestern, a 10-point game. I just wonder, is somebody going to get these guys early, uh, whether it's Cincinnati or Virginia Tech? I'm not going to predict it. But, but, man, looking right now at the schedule, I just don't think Ohio State's going to be that great this year. So I, I think if Cincinnati gives them a fight. Yeah, uh I don't know. Let's let's bring in Jason real quick. Um, Jason, right now looking at Ohio State's schedule up to Cincinnati, do you do you see anything that concerns you for Ohio State? What on their entire schedule? Yeah, no, up to Cincinnati. Well, up to Cincinnati. Um, I agree, Virginia Tech. And what I think is funny with Virginia Tech is how badly. Ohio State fans bashed Alabama saying what a cupcake Virginia Tech was. And all I'm hearing this year is, oh, how great a team Virginia Tech is, and that's going to be a, a tough, game. tough game and strength of conference booster. And, wow, what a change. <laughs> um, but of the four teams, no, I don't see anyone beating them. They're going to be 4-0. Oh. All right, Trey, I think you can skip. October 4th and 18th. Yeah, what an athlete. Yeah, Maryland and Rutgers don't, uh, yeah. Maryland and Rutgers, let's not talk about those two. Uh, But let's let's go down to that point. Yeah, 
we all got them, I think, 6-0 and by that point. Uh, at Penn State, Carbon, uh, is, is James Franklin ready to pull off an upset? I do believe so. Uh, I think James Franklin, he has the offense. He has that crowd believing, the fan base, everybody kind of turning a turning point from the Sandusky. I mean, he's a guy that's going to have everybody fired up about football. You take an inexperienced offensive line. You take a quarterback with Braxton Miller. I think he doesn't have much heart in him. I, I just look at that Ohio State team overall. I don't think they have really any leadership more rest than they, they'll have wins over the last three years. So I'm going to say James Franklin gets it done right here, Trey. I'm pulling the upset. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I just don't – I am not a believer that Ohio State um, can be sort of as fortunate um, as they have been in the past with their schedule. I mean, their schedule is super easy, but they've treated it – I don't know if Urban Meyer doesn't, doesn't instill the kind of fear in his guys to prep each week. Um, as, as best they can. Uh, so I, I think James Franklin has his guys frenzied for this game. This game is going to be the comeback story for Penn State. He sells that on Penn State. And his guys, and especially his quarterback, man, I think he's going to have a breakout performance. Uh, and we see Penn State and Beaver Stadium, you know, dancing on. All right. Let's, well, let's move to Jason. Uh, Jason, Penn State, James Franklin, then we'll hit Jonathan. Um, Ohio State wins that game. Ohio State, yeah. Has... Just to walk in and and make everything right, but you got to understand, Penn State's um, kind of hurting right now, bleeding. So it's going to take them a few years to set things right there. Plus, they're going to have to get used to a whole new system. So, <clears throat> nah, Ohio State doesn't struggle with Penn State. All right, Jonathan, who do you have in this one? Jason told us right now that Penn State's rebuilding. I think he could be right, but I still feel the upset. Welcome to Happy Valley where Buckeye dreams come to die. Penn State pulls it off. I have a firm belief even with in that. Three, even with three starters on the offense returning? Firm belief. Penn State's going to they're gonna, they're gonna knock Ohio State around. Uh, they're going to be very physical with them. They're going to beat them up. Um, I, the, the Penn State's defense has always played excellent, and I think it's going to they're, you know, Franklin, obviously coming from Vanderbilt, is going to know how to handle uh, a mobile quarterback uh, and likes uh, what he had to deal with with Johnny Manziel. Uh, and I think uh, Braxton Miller is uh, a lot less of a challenge than Johnny Manziel was. So I think we're going to see Penn State take down the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes are going to lose to Penn State University. All right, Trey, take us on. Yeah, so moving on, um, Let's just say Illinois. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna think they're gonna bring the Illinois <laughs> next. <laughs> uh, how about at Sparty? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, Sarvin. I think Ohio State loses mm-hmm. again at Sparty. Yeah, I, I think the offensive line guys, Michigan State. This is a revenge game. I think Ohio State may come out a little too aggressive in this one. Michigan State's a very well-coached football team. They play fundamentally sound. This is later in the season. I think Michigan State will be a lot better than they will at first. I'm going to go with Michigan State, too. Trey has Michigan. I have Michigan State. Jason, you've you shot us down twice so far. Tell us what you think. I'm going to shoot you down again. Then I'll lose Michigan State. <laughs> Michigan State lost their entire defense. <laughs> They're going to stop 
Nobody. <laughs> so, that's all I'm saying. Nope, not going to struggle with MSU. Still all right, Jonathan. Oh, I'm I'm with Tarvin and Trace. Sparty takes down the Buckeyes. Either Jason's, uh, I mean, very smart, and we're just way off here. Or I don't know what's going on. Jason is just not so fasting all of us on these games. So he's an undercover Buckeye fan. <laughs> uh, Jason, man, are you a Buckeye fan? <laughs> oh. No, actually, um, the whole thing is they'll probably run the gauntlet here. Um, And probably have a good shot at losing in the Big Ten Championship. But if they make it in, they're going to be the weakest undefeated team in the 14 playoffs. The weakest. That schedule is a joke. Yeah, I'd still take a one-loss team in a bigger conference over an undefeated so Trey, mm-hmm. um, we're at we're at Michigan State now. The next week at Minnesota, Trey, who do you have? The Gophers. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Minnesota even at home. Um, even with how struggling I have Ohio State, uh, get it done. I have Ohio State winning at PCF Bank Stadium. Jonathan, who do you have? Gophers or the Buckeyes? I'm sorry, Jason. Buckeyes. Jason, I think you're going to pick the Buckeyes in this one too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, we'll we'll lose this game, you know, because the one thing we don't have is we don't have the quarterback, and we just started to get the receivers to stretch the field, and you know, unless our running backs run the run the gauntlet and just bulldoze through, nah. That's that's tough. We'll I mean, now. the. You got to look at quarterbacks. Very important. You look at Braxton Miller. I mean, he's he's been there a long time. He's got something to prove. But the Indiana game, Trey, everybody, that's a win. And in Ohio State, we're not even going to talk about that. But the Michigan game, we saw last year's game. Michigan went for two to win, lost by one. Everybody mm-hmm. thought Ohio State was in. Trey, Michigan coming into the shoe. Who do you have? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know what to make of this Michigan team just yet. They Looking at the off season, looking at the players, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be better, Tarvin. But I'm just not sold on on that program just yet. So I, I have Ohio State winning. This is gonna be a good game again. Uh, but I have Ohio State winning this game. Uh, but I have them with two losses this year, Tarvin, in the regular season with that week schedule. Yeah, I have I have Ohio State beating Michigan, finishing ten and two. Jonathan, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Um, Urban Meyer is going to go have another 15 players arrested from then until from the end of the season until the start of the next one. What do you think? Um, I actually agree with your statement, uh, all, uh, all of them there, including the arrest one. I agree with that. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight, like Trey said, but I, Ohio State's probably going to beat Michigan, which I hate to see because I, I root for Michigan every year in that game. <laughs> Especially with Urban Cryer up there now, but I, yeah, Ohio State at ten and two, not even probably won't even be sniffing the top ten with that record. Jason, you have them winning. You have them winning and going undefeated. So we we know who you have in this one. But what happens if if Ohio State goes ten and two? Do they make a BCS bowl if they do finish ten and two? Not with that schedule. 
But the one thing you got to remember about this Michigan game, yeah, you know, I have Ohio State winning, but this kind of is parallel with the Iron Bowl, Tarvin. This is how big this game is. And I don't care how bad you are or how good you are. On that day, both teams show up, and it's a dogfight. And if there's any game that Ohio State's going to lose this year, it's going to be at Michigan. Yeah. Or if, and, 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 guys, guys, I have a problem with, you know, the Ohio State fans out there. And, and when they talk about their schedule, they, they make fun of other teams for playing – you know, smaller schools and everything, but the way I look at it, are you playing someone on your schedule that can beat you? I mean, I don't care if you're playing Kent State or Furman. There's really no difference. If you're playing Cincinnati and in a smaller team, it doesn't matter. Those kind of teams can't beat you anyway. They're not supposed to beat you. So I think Ohio State fans look at their out-of-conference schedule. They don't see a Furman on there or anything. So, so they think it's okay. But, Trey, this is one of the weakest schedules I've seen in college football. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to get them in. And, and here's the thing, Tarvin, if they lose one game, I don't – even if they win the – even if they win their conference, the Big Ten, with one loss, they're going to really struggle to get into the four-team mm-hmm. playoff because, I mean, I just think there's going to be a one-loss team who's in the top four uh, who didn't win their conference and are going to probably get in over them even if they have one loss. So I, I just don't see them playing in there. I really don't. Well, I think the end of the season last year really hurt them when they lost to Michigan State. They had a uh, just a silver lining right there to the championship, and then they lose to Clemson. And I know Clemson, they lost bad to Florida State. They got waxed by South Carolina, but Clemson handled them. I think now the perception of Ohio State, not the Big Ten, just Ohio State, if they're a one-loss team like Trey said, uh, Jason, I mean, there's no chance of getting in. No, not at all. So that's the Buckeyes in a nutshell here. I just I can't be. I just look at this schedule and I just I just don't see it's fair that that they get to play this type of schedule and and beat their chest about their out of conference schedule. But Ohio State will not make the playoff in my opinion. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but but we'll see about that. And I'm going to bring Paul Ewing on real quick. Paul, I hope you're at a place you can talk. What is the LeBron James update? Well, Paul's not here anymore. He must be he must be drunk or crying. He didn't want to talk, so uh, I don't know what he wants to do. Can y'all hear me good right now? I hear you fine, man. Okay, good. I thought I was cut off for a minute. A lot going on in the studio tonight. Block Talk Radio has given me some issues here, so I've been kind of muting all of y'all back and forth to see if I can get this this resolved, but I wanted to hear what Paul had to say about LeBron, but I guess he's not going to be able to uh, to give us anything on that. But Trey, when you when you look at schedule strength in college football for teams, like how do you how do you judge schedules? Do you do you judge it by how many beatable games, how many losable games are on your schedule, or or how do you do it? Yeah, I think I look at it as how many teams that I would consider a quality opponent. Or a team that, you know, you're talking about bowl-level type teams. Because uh, anything can happen to some of these teams. So, uh, yeah, losable games is one way to put it. I think we're talking the same thing, Tarvin. Uh, we just seem to be mentioning it differently. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's the teams that you look at the schedule and you say, that could be a watchable game or that game matters. 
Um, you know, whether it's, you know, them beating some, you know, being able to lose the game or what. Um, I, I just think uh, we're talking the same language. Well, I mean, it's like in 2004, guys, when Auburn got left out because they played Citadel. Oklahoma played Bowling Green. Well, people said that that made the difference. But when I look at Bowling Green and I looked at the Citadel, neither one of those two teams could beat Auburn or Oklahoma. So it really didn't matter, Jonathan. That's what I look at in the schedule. Who can beat you? When you look at when you look at Oregon's schedule, you we covered them tonight. There's six or there's six games that could seven games maybe that could be a loss. I mean, they're going to have to play football to win. Looking at Ohio State's schedule, they've got two or three, and that's it. I mean, there's no losable games. Minnesota can always pull up and beat you. Michigan State, Michigan, I doubt it. But who else can you see, Jonathan, on that schedule that you could say, yeah, that that could be a loss for Ohio State? There's not many. I think we actually lost Jonathan. But, uh, But that's it. That's what I wanted to say is people look at schedule strength sometimes and, and, and they look at South Carolina, Trey. If anytime you play you play Clemson and you're out of conference schedule or you're Georgia, you play Clemson, I don't think your other three really matter when you play at a legitimate conference. So I think people beat this up too much about looking at some SEC teams and some other teams. I know the SEC loves those cupcakes and everything, Trey, but they do – if you look at the SEC this year, they have loaded up in the out-of-conference for most teams. Well, I mean, I don't know if loaded up is a good word, but, I mean, there are some games that are very interesting for sure. Uh, and there are some great rivalries that the SEC plays at a conference. I mean, Florida State, Florida, Clemson, South Carolina. I think Georgia Tech, Georgia is an interesting one. You know, so there are there are games that the SEC does play um, that sometimes get overlooked because they are playing too many Citadels and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying this to boost it up, but you have Auburn going to Kansas State, and then they play a couple more games without a conference. But that game right there, with their conference schedule, is tough. You look at Florida, and I know they never go anywhere, but they do play Florida State. You look at South Carolina, they do play Clemson. You look at Georgia, they play Clemson. You look at some of these other teams; those are big time programs on a schedule. You look at Tennessee; they go to Norman, Oklahoma. I see that. I don't see that in the Big Ten, Trey. I don't see that as much in other conferences, them lining these these teams up and playing them. And then you got to go play – then you have to go play the, the people in your conference. And all conference games usually are tough except maybe a couple. So I look at the schedule this year, and I'm very impressed with what the SEC has done in the non-conference schedule. And, and you got to overlook some of these FCS schools sometimes when you're playing a big-time opponent out of conference. That's all I would say. Yeah, I see your point. Uh, hey, Trey and I agree on something. But before we go, I have to bring Paul on. And, Paul, you know, we've been talking about LeBron James. Jason Benson is on the edge of his couch right now waiting to see where LeBron goes. Where is he going to end up, Paul? I believe he's going to end up in Cleveland, Brian. He's ready to go home. <laughs> Well, you know, I discussed this with you the other other night. Like, I think if LeBron goes to Cleveland, if LeBron goes to Cleveland, they're going to be the favorite to go to the NBA Finals out of the East. I know you you disagree with that. I think they'll be the favorite. Anybody would be with LeBron on their roster. We all know that. 
Yeah, so are you going to still be a Heat fan when all this is said and done? I will. I don't know if you noticed, but I've already got my picture up. I'm ready. I've accepted it. I know you are. I was a Heat I know you before are. he got there, and I was a Heat, I'll be a Heat fan when he leaves tomorrow. I'm interested in who Sonia mentioned. Is she going to still be a Heat fan or not? You know, Sonia's a big-time Heat bandwagon fan, I think. So I wonder I wonder if Sonia's going to be with Cleveland. Well, we've got, we've, got, with you. we've got two of the big three going back home. We've got LeBron going back home to Cleveland, and we've got Bosch going back home to Houston. So If they had to leave, Bosch I'm glad was, it was to their hometown team. Yep. Sonia, I know I know you're going to be upset. Are you going to be a Cleveland Cavalier fan, or are you going to stick with the Heat? Do, please. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>, please. <laughs> I do want to ask, is Jason still on, Sonia? Yeah, well, hold on, because our battery's about to die, so we couldn't put you guys on the speaker. Hold on, let me put them on. Hold on. I'm asking this one question, Brian. Yeah, what's up? No, that's fine, man. Uh, so, <laughs> Jason, are you excited about possibly getting Wiggins? <clears throat> yeah, and getting rid of a uh, whiner. Sure. It looks like Minnesota's going to get quite the haul for this Kevin Love, man. Well, I mean, Flip Flip's not a dummy. I mean, it, the dumb move would have been to move him before the draft. You know, but, you know, I said it earlier. Love, Love didn't want to do anything until he knew exactly where LeBron was going. So, yeah. so, so guys, do you think, Jason, do you think Love is going to Cleveland? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That The rumors that I was hearing back in my area up, up north was that discussion happened prior to the draft, and it, it fell apart when Love wouldn't commit to inking a deal um, until he knew where LeBron was going. Well, if you believe what Stephen A. Smith said, uh, they were – five minutes away from the deal being done, but Cleveland wouldn't add the second draft pick to the deal, so Minnesota pulled it. Yep. Um, but I, I don't think – I think it was too big of a deal, too, for Love because, yeah. I mean, Love's made it painfully clear that he will not go to a team that is not a winner. And without LeBron, Cleveland is a, you know, a few years out. But, I mean, I wouldn't. If I'm Minnesota, I'm not giving up my first two draft. I mean, I'm not giving up. Or who was it? If I'm Cleveland, I'm not giving up my first two draft picks here for love. I mean, there's other players out there. And, and, and Jason, love need, seems like a need to love me. to make the thing work. Ah, yeah. Love doesn't play any He just defense. seems like a diva. I, he, love, love, love would fit better, I think, in Chicago, in my opinion, because they play defense. So he could get away with cherry picking. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to tell so, you, Brian, I know Cleveland's your favorite, but I've done the research. If this love deal goes through, they're not gonna their their bench is gonna be horrible, man. They are giving up everything that they promised to LeBron's agent just to get love to come play with LeBron. Their bench is gonna be horrible. Yeah, you so gotta, I, I don't think LeBron's too. gonna allow that though. Well then they won't get love then. So then you'll just have Kyrie and LeBron. That's it. And Wiggins. I mean, yeah, but, but is he proven? His first year. You know, is he going to be another Anthony Bennett? I mean, Wiggins played for Kansas and Florida dominated him. I mean, so he. I don't think he's going to be the next Jordan. 
well, it takes the pressure off him knowing that if LeBron comes, he doesn't have to come in and just take him to the playoffs and be a superstar. He can come in and, and kind of LeBron can help mentor him and get him on track. I mean, this is a dangerous team with LeBron. And, I mean, I know I know love would be better, but you never know what can happen. LeBron can make everybody around him better. But, but Paul Jason still thinks LeBron's going to end up in New York. If he signs a two-year deal with Cleveland, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll have to yeah, say I, never, I never thought about that, actually, but that makes sense, too. Yeah, if he's going to he, end up he, a Nick. Yeah, if, if he signs a two-year deal, one-year guaranteed, one-year player option, he could opt out after one year and go play with Melo and Gasol in New York. Yeah, but that would be bad for him to leave a team again. At least he's coming back to where he was from, and then if he jumps right. again to go to New York, that just makes him look very right. bad. See, I have my opinion. I believe LeBron reflected after the finals loss to the Spurs. I think he reflected and he's realized that he's not catching Jordan, he's not catching Kobe as far as rings go, and I believe he's focused on the business aspect you know, he goes to Cleveland when he retires. Dan Gilbert's going to put in his contract that he gets some kind of ownership stake with the team. Uh, you know, he, he, and with the new CBA, I mean, we're two years from another lockout anyway. You know, with the new <laughs> CBA, true. you've only got three years before you hit a hard cap, which Miami's under Sonya's, the hard cap. Sonya's going to back out. Sonya's not going to be an NBA fan anymore if they lock out again, will, it? will she, Jason? Oh, there's a lockout in two years. She isn't one right now. Well, she's starting to warm up to the new commission. Yeah, a little bit, but, I mean, she, no, she doesn't watch NBA. <laughs> it's hard, to, it's it, hard. She watches more hockey than basketball. Go wild. Thank you very much. Another thing that I think LeBron could do, especially if he elected to stay in Miami and sign a two-year deal, sign a two-year deal and then go with Kevin Durant to L.A. Yeah, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, I, when is this going to be finalized, guys? Is it tomorrow yeah. or Friday? We'll know. Tomorrow we'll on know his going to play. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow on his web. Yep. Okay. Well, well, we may have to have a breaking show or something when it happens. Do you know the time of this? No, there's no time. All it's right. LeBron's time. LeBron, he's going to see. That's, that's, he's working on something. Special for Cleveland. I mean, I could sit here and spit all the sources that I've read of what's going to happen. Nike's already contacted Sherwin Williams, who has ad space on the side of the arena. It's already been set up. He wants to post it on his website for the city. He doesn't want it to be, you know, TV or anything like that. He wants it to be special. He doesn't want it to be broken by someone on Twitter. He just wants it to be random. Okay, well, we're going to find out tomorrow where LeBron James is going to end up. I'm saying Cleveland, Paul saying Cleveland, Jason saying possibly New York, but you never know. This is the NBA, and this is LeBron James. So, again, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. We will be live Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, maybe 9. I'll let you know. We may move it from 9 to 11 uh, once college football starts heating back up. But uh, but again, everyone, thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Way In Sports. Go to Facebook, like our Way In Sports Talk page, and we also have a group you can join, Way In Sports. 
So make sure you come to the show Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And by then, we should be with MTR Radio. We still have some equipment. We're trying to to get approved and, and to get working, get set up before we can actually do a live show with them. We are on the archive with them, but as far as going live, we still need another few days before we can get that up and running. But as long as it's up and running before football, that's all that really matters. So thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. Jason Humphrey, the big Oregon Ducks fan, calling in to talk about his Ducks. I want to thank Jonathan, Jason, Sonia, Paul, everybody else joining us. Jimmy Abrams in the chat room as well. Sunday night, 8.30, we look forward to seeing you. Have a great night.